0: Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont and I'm your host. Today, I'm very excited to have back one of my very special and favorite guests, Dr. Erhard Vogel. We do a monthly conversation that is becoming something that each conversation is building on the last. And the information in these conversations are so valuable. Five minutes of one of our conversation is is almost like three hours worth of content, it seems, because there's so much in there and it's so packed. Um, But Erhard, I'm, I'm so happy you're back. Welcome back to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Sloan. I, I feel similar to you. I look forward to these interviews.
0: Yes. Um, just real quick for the listeners who are new, who maybe haven't listened to our previous episodes, I'll briefly uh, just give uh, Dr. Vogel's background. And then also, as I mentioned, we've done several of these episodes. So if you haven't listened, I would highly encourage you to go back because, like I said, each one builds on the last. And I'll link to all of those in the show notes so you can find those for your convenience. So, Erhard is recognized as one of the foremost meditation and self-realization teachers in the world. He has traveled the glo- traveled the globe, researching ways in people in different cultures seek fulfillment. He's taught amongst the Sim- Himalayan sages, and he founded the Nataraja Yoga Ashram in San Diego. His most recent book is called "A Dialogue with Death: The Teacher of Life, an Ancient Story for the Modern World." So, again, Erhard, welcome back.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So, today I wanted to. I have two topics that I want to talk about today. One is an experience I had to help me let go of a false identity of myself based on our previous conversations. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: a second thing I want to talk about today is where we left left off last month, where we had talked about about a lot in our last episode that uh, we won't rehash today, uh, just in the interest of time. But we had talked about being what it means to being, we t- means to be being, we talked about energy and we left off talking about the connectedness of all of the, of, of all of that experience. And then we started to touch on isolation and separation. And so I want to revisit that this, this month, we didn't really, we didn't have time last month to get into that. Um, So that's where we're going today. Erhard never knows the topic. We just, uh, we, we just start talking when I, I have it planned out, but I don't let him know ahead of time. So, so that's where we're going today. Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me share my story with uh, what I said about um, my experience with knowing it and how Mm -hmm. I let go of a false identity of myself. Um, So one of the things that Erhard, you always say, and I know you say this to your students, and you say it—you have said it on the show—about how you never want us to take your word for it. You want the listeners, you want your students to experience it so they can know it for themselves.
1: Right, not not to believe, right? I said so.
0: Right. So, I'm mean, the example I'm going to give is an everyday example that I hope the listeners can relate to um, of, of what happened to me. So. Uh, a couple of weeks ago i was i had a podcast interview and i was getting ready for it and i was in a hurry i was not present i was doing too many things at once and i was curling my hair and the curling wand burnt my neck instantly i got upset i was i was mad at myself for doing it i was mad that you know i have to go into this interview on camera and have this burn mark on my neck and it reminded me also of being a kid when when I was growing up, um, teenage years, high school, even into later adulthood, um, I did not have very good skin. And this was something that kids made fun of me about. I was very self-conscious of. And in that moment, when I burnt my neck, I felt all of those years of shame, suffering, all of this come up at once. And I stopped for a minute and I said, no, I, I am none of those things. I'm not those things." And as we talked about in the last episode, for me, the way I experience it is a relaxing in my body. I I can internally feel the unwinding of my body, my stomach, my shoulders, whatever. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that moment when I, when I experienced that um, burning my neck, looking in the mirror, oh my gosh, all of these old feelings coming up. Right. And I can hear these voices. and, And in my mind, they're, they're pictures. They're like, Like I use the Venn diagram as an example because they just overlay on each other and doing that in that moment, having that awareness to be able to say, no, I am none of those things completely changed my, the way I responded to that, how I looked at myself when I looked in the mirror and I'm talking, this is 40 some years of these things, you know, being said to myself. So I wanted to share that with you and with the audience, because for me, it seems in these it's in these everyday events that we have happen that when we have the awareness of what you and I have been talking about, those are the moments that change comes, at least for me. So I'll, uh, I'll be quiet and, and let you give your thoughts on it.
1: Well, first of all, I want to congratulate uh, you, Sloan. Uh, and I personally feel very good about this experience of yours because... You made a difference with yeah. your knowledge with your knowledge that you had experienced, and that is a principal uh, and necessary aspect of your growth it's not just to learn not just to know but then to implement that knowledge in the way you think and feel and act in your life mm-hmm. and that Last step of implementing it, enacting it, living it, is often uh, disregarded or refused by even the best of students. Because they remain attached to the ways of life under which they have suffered all their life and restricted their life. Yes. Attached to it, even when they know better. So you showed the opposite. You showed implementing something and then experiencing the the result, and the results are always of liberation.
0: Yes. Completely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And good for you.
0: Thank you. And I think what also surprised me about it was I recognized it in a split second right? The, the usual pattern of the shame or the guilt or the stories that would come up for me, you know, they go so fast. And what surprised me about that also is how I was able to interject or stop that process to be like, wait a minute. No, I, I can have a different experience here. I, I, this isn't even me. This is years of other voices and things. This is not mm. me. And mm. it, it went so fast, but when I Stopped it. It was then like time stopped because it stopped that rush of those terrible feelings that were so familiar.
1: Right. Well, you see, that's where you made the difference, because there are people who recognize what's going on, mm-hmm. and recognize that that's not me. Yeah. Then they don't stop. They don't say stop this automatic behavior that goes on in your feelings and emotions and your thinking about you as an isolated limited flawed identity right and that's you know what we i think we talked about the stress release response right when when you are under the sway of stress stress pulls you along and you just start behaving more and more erratically and irrationally right, right. and the first step is to say stop and then you step back and you view yourself. You, you step back and regard, Hey, I know better than this. I know who I am. Then you enact the being that you know you are and the behaviors will make a complete change right away. And then you endure in that. You stay in that liberated way of thinking and feeling and acting. Yes.
0: And I stood there in the mirror. Also, what was, I was very proud of myself for doing was I stood there feeling empowered after that, looking at myself, you know, not feeling the shame and the guilt and everything pile on. I stood there empowered. And I was like, wow, this is a completely different experience for something that seemed so insignificant, but had such a profound effect.
1: And that's another important thing you did. You registered it and acknowledged it, thus impressed it and welcomed this change of behavior, which then inspires you next time to do it well because I had such enjoyable results. Right. Of course I want to do this again.
0: And what I find with myself is when I have examples of that, I can see that I've done it once, then I can, it doesn't seem so impossible the next time right. because I know I've done it once and I know how it felt and it, that feeling resonates within me
1: so by enacting that first step of acknowledging what's going on who you are you are not those feelings not those behaviors but who you really are then you can implement your own feelings because the others weren't they were automatic ones
0: right
1: right they Irrational and outdated and outworn, and you chose as an adult who is able to respond to herself in other words, be responsible, right? Right, right. responding to yourself and chose your own empowering behaviors. Yes. Congratulations! Thank I'm you. Proud I'm proud like,
0: you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, and I was so excited to tell you this because, in, in even for the listeners to hear this, because everybody goes through these things right and we all have a choice in in our responses and i wanted to uh, i like on the show to to be able to be i don't just want to talk about these things i want to live this right i choose to live this Mm -hmm. and i the listeners choose to live this as well and um Mm -hmm. so i I brought the i bring the example up for that reason as well to see uh to to show as an example for others too
1: and you see now how your example can be a matter of, well, of course, I would do that. Right? Yes. Other people who don't. And yes. they suffer for years afterwards. You did this after two or three, you know, conversations that we had, right, you implemented that knowledge and showed how easy it is. Yes. Right. it's, it's not hardship to overcome these things. Hardship is staying attached to your own behaviors that cause your suffering.
0: Yes and you know since we've been having our conversations and i'm implementing these the, the you know i'm 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 being aware i'm making different choices as i mentioned to you last time i keep feeling this release of tightness that i i guess i was either so used to or i didn't know was there previously right. and once like for me, once I started feeling that, then I wanted more because it felt so good. And it was such mm-hmm. a complete shift from how I had lived my life before.
1: Right. Yeah. So you mentioned isolation before. Yes. And now tension, uh, the tightness. And right. That tension, right. Mm-hmm. I call that isolation tension. Mm. That's why your isolation stems from the false attitude that you are contained within your skin in a world that's all interconnected, but you are contained and therefore isolated from the interconnection of all. Yes. Can you feel how that's sort of the normal human condition?
0: Completely, yes. And that is exactly like when you say that I can feel myself, I can feel the pain of that, what that has caused to live that way.
1: Now, the fact is, that everything that is, is interconnected because right. all being, being is the power that is the ma- motivating force that makes us be, right? And we all share in that. So we are all being. That's our interconnection. Right. And that is our authentic state. Our original state is in the experience of interconnected being. But then when we live inauthentic, we're denying living the being that we are and right. we're living something that we're not. Well, that is a cause of probably the deepest pain there is, mm-hmm. all-inclusive pain there is, because it has us apart from everything, including truth. Yes. <laughs> the truth of our interconnected beingness. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but it also has us live apart, away, isolated from ourselves, because we're not this non-being. We're not this isolated little, uh, it's almost like a little bit, a little dot in in the totally interconnected.
0: Right, in the grand scheme, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all interconnected, right? Right that everything in the cosmos is interconnected, except for little old me.
0: Right, I'm on an island by myself, and,
1: and I have to do it alone. Ego, too. Ego then makes you have pride in the fact that, that you've come up with such a stupid scheme <laughs> that you, of the whole cosmos, are not disconnected or isolated, you know?
0: I, I do know. I, I know this very well. And it's it's very easy to sit and laugh about it now and, and see the ridiculousness of it. But I know for many years being in that I didn't even understand that I was disconnected from myself. And that is why especially our previous conversation that we had where we really went into this um a lot. But I it always felt to me like I was um I was disconnected from everybody else. I had to do it on my own, it being whatever it is. And mm-hmm. even to say the word, even to speak the word alone brought so much emotion to me. I, I couldn't, I did so many shows on this. I couldn't even say the word alone because it brought up so much emotion for me for how alone I truly felt. Mm-hmm. And I know maybe people listening are, are feeling the same, ha, our experience, especially um, with what we went through the past two years of um, if you were feeling isolated and then you're seeing, you know, where there's, everybody's being forced to isolate. Um, that pain that resonates there. I was talking about this today about for me, the pain, it felt like a sword stabbing in my stomach. Like someone was just going in and out, in and out with a sword. And it felt like that pretty much all day, every day for, it's felt that way for a long time. And to understand that you can obtain relief from that, yourself without having to, there's nothing outside that's going to solve that for you, right? It's, it's all done within. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it is so staggered or so I, I, uh, it, it was, it just caused so much pain and so much suffering to me for so many years that now that I'm moving away from that, um, I, I most definitely want to help other people with that, but I also want to, um, you know, even to see that, I guess to, to let people even know that it's possible because for so long, I didn't know that it was possible. I thought this was just the way it was.
1: Well, and you see that feeling of wanting definitely to share that with other people to, for them to have the opportunity to free themselves from their self-imposed suffering. That that inner urge is... is um, integral to the authentic being that you are integral mm-hmm. to interconnectedness just like i had you know i told you about my experience be living in bliss in the cave in the himalayas and then mm-hmm. say i have to go back there to the to my the world of uh my background where the people don't know how to live so joyously and bliss. Right. Uh i have to go back there to help them even though Part of me didn't want to go back to having to drive cars in traffic and pay taxes and stuff like that, when right. I had it all made up there, you know, right. but it's, it's inherent to us when we know our interconnectedness. I say, you know, I use as an example, if you were living in a realm of starvation, which I did for years, and you were to found a realm of, of a lot of food, wouldn't you would you just stay, go into that realm and gorge yourself on food every day and keep it a secret? Or would you go back and have the people of your family and then your friends, then your community, and then eventually humanity be fed like that as well, right?
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. And so to not keep this a secret is also to free yourself from the attachment to that suffering in that ignorance, you know? Yes.
0: Yes. And so what do you think about like what I said about these daily encounters we have that, uh, my example of burning my neck, right? These are just not life shattering events, but is that, and I know we talked about it a little bit, but you know, once we start to shift into more in more um, awareness in, in in when things like that happen, then we're starting to then that becomes normal um, I, I I would guess over time
1: which part becomes normal staying in it or recognizing?
0: No, the recognizing and choosing making a different choice like i did like i'm not this this is not me
1: well, it would be nice if that were normal that that's what one would expect as a rational response to that but a lot of people refuse that yeah. they they accumulate more and more of that knowledge and become really expert in resa- reciting that knowledge and not living it and then it becomes what you call hypocrisy
0: right and why why do you think letting go of that attachment to suffering is so hard
1: one word is stupidity yeah <laughs> That's not nice, yeah
0: I mean, it would it, it's you know we're talking in my having experienced it recently, it seems so obvious, yet I've done that myself for years, why i I was more attached to the suffering.
1: It is so obvious, but now, okay, from your own experience, it your life is constantly giving you feedback, whether you're living in accord with what is or in opposition to what is. when you're in opposition such as running into a brick wall, because you don't want to acknowledge that there is a brick wall, that is painful, right? But some people keep on doing it and then complaining about their bloody face. Mm -hmm. And then they heal that and just in order to get ready to do it again, instead of saying, Hey, you know, once is enough. Once was too many times I shouldn't have needed that. So life is constantly giving us parts and sometimes your parts may now be just recognition by right the oh, that's one of those old behaviors or impulses again. Now I know what to do because I just did it before. And look what the consequences were. Of course, that's what I'm going to do now. Right. And eventually, less and less of that comes up. And only the the positive, rational, living in truth and enjoying your empowerment to that, that becomes the norm, you know?
0: yeah
1: and sometimes but if we don't we get prodded by reality f- until we get it and sometimes it has to resort to almost violence or increasing our suffering like to you that little prod on the neck with hot iron that was enough to get you going right
0: <laughs> oh if, yes for sure
1: when <laughs> for that incident it would have required another one. Right. And reality has to up the ante to make it worse and worse. you yes. <laughs> Respond, you know?
0: Yes. And I, you know, I, I've experienced that in other ways in my life, and I'm sure the listeners have too, where it, it, sometimes it just becomes enough is enough. Okay. Okay. I'm ready to listen now. Right. I'm ready. I know these things. I'm ready to do something different. And the key is in the moment to, to make the choice and do it. That's what I found.
1: Well, you know, one of our greatest promoters of evolution, of changing, of growing and nurturing and helping ourselves is the prospect of death. Mm -hmm. Because the idea that we're going to die, everybody knows that. right? right? And uh, no matter what your relationship is, whether you think you're going to be wiped out forever, or whether you're going to go to heaven, and you know have to pay rent there but hope to get a nice little at least a condo or something like everybody has their own stuff about that um but death is our constant reminder that we're going to change out of the modality that we're in Mm -hmm. alive in this body that is going to put be put an end to you know and then some people you would say that people then, at a very early age, start to respond to that and say, wow, I better see what I can do to go beyond that. And that's what I did at this age of six when, I, when our home got bombarded and I said, I wanna be completely conscious as I go from life in this body to whatever comes next. Right, right? yes. So i made myself be prepared. And that when I didn't get destroyed thereafter, I decided that I'm always going to be aware like that and prepared like that to continue in consciousness because we don't know when we're going to die. We could die at any moment, even if we're only 21 years old, right? Oh, we could have a heart attack or a stroke or hit by a bus, what have you, you know? So, uh, to live a life responding to the truth that we know that's the best we can do but once we do respond that way things open up reality reality is always there we're now availing ourselves of it and the consequence is the 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 cessation of suffering you stop suffering and then you can enjoy that right Invite more and more of that.
0: Yes, and so let's go back to the what we were touched on about the isolation and the the feeling separate. And so when we feel when we're feeling separate from ourselves, it's obvious. Then we're going to feel separate from the world, right? We're going our interactions with people are going to feel that way. We're going to have that experience is going to come at us
1: Hmm.
0: when we. How do you think when we're, when we, when we feel separate from ourselves, and then we maybe start to, from listening to our conversations and other things, we start to understand how we can, you know, make some changes, do things a little, we understand, we have the awareness of that. And then we start going out into the world. And how do you think that, I guess the question is, how do you, how does that, Ripple. What's the ripple effect there, or what? Or do we still then feel isolated amongst the world? I don't know if I'm answer, asking that correctly.
1: Well, I understand what you're saying. Um, yes, you can have a recognition that you're not an isolated identity, but then when you go in, back into your know, mundane everyday occurrences, the habit of considering yourself. An isolated object is so firmly impressed that you tend to automatically go back to it. That is, your mind, your feelings, your emotions will function according to that old model. It's Mm -hmm. almost like that's a template. Yes, yes. The energies of your feelings and emotions and your thoughts travel according to this template. Right. Right. you have to consciously, number one, you need to recognize this. Right. How do you recognize it? Well, you hear about it from somebody who is a valid teacher who can bring that up. But also then you want to ally yourself with a teacher like that, because there are still thousands and thousands of things that are worthy to be learned. But then that's not a burden you can have thousands of more wonderful experiences of being free and empowered. You see? Yes. Look for that. You put yourself into relationships with a source of knowledge about that so as to firmly, so firmly uh, impress that within yourself that that becomes your automatic response to respond as the interconnected empowered being that you are.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up about the template when we go out into the world because I have noticed that about myself. The behaviors, you know, if I'm in traffic and I somebody cuts me off or is going too slow, the reactions I have to that or if I'm Uh, maybe doing something that I is new to me or that I don't know how to do. And I feel, uh, you know, maybe the stories start in about, you have to do this alone. This would be my story. These are, I'm not saying this is everybody's. This was a common one for me for a long time. You know, you have to do it alone. Nobody can help you. That, that kind of stuff comes up. But when we start to, again, with the awareness and start to have these just to me also it's a decision that i'm just not going to do this anymore you know i'm not going to have these conversations with myself like this um that are making me suffer and being able to remind ourselves in wait a minute you know when the story comes up you have to do it alone it, nobody can help you no i have plenty of people that want to help me right there's plenty of resources there's resources i don't even know available that will become uh, available for me and yeah. being able to see that side of it open up ourselves it's like we almost forget that there's a positive side to things i think sometimes at least i do
1: look at <clears throat> here's a very mundane example when you thought of doing these podcasts or any podcasts or anything you may not have had any technolo- knowledge technological knowledge about how to do it right mm-hmm, right so you did not spend years and years and years and years researching it by Googling it and going to this and going to this and so on and so on. You found, I'm sure you found sources of information by which that would come to you clearly mm-hmm. directly and efficiently. Right? Right. Right. So, uh, acquiring the knowledge regarding yourself is infinitely higher and more satisfying than requiring knowledge about the technology involved with podcasts right right right. more important and more satisfying fulfilling and so on you know so you go to a source of knowledge and get that knowledge but then the important thing that you did is then implementing it not just collecting it having it available and never using it because the more you not use the knowledge you have, you abuse yourself because living not true to yourself is dismissing yourself right, and and is strengthening that habit every moment that you do that.
0: Yes. And that reminds me of what I think you've mentioned on pretty much every show we've done is valuing ourselves sufficiently enough to, um, you know, to do this, this kind of stuff to, to have this awareness and not stop with the awareness. If, if, you know, typically what people do, I know people like this, who do all the classes, buy all the courses, do all the things, but then never arrive Right. right? They never arrive at the thing. And what we're talking about is when we value ourselves enough to actually do, do this, right? And we pay attention. There is no arrival, I, I guess. It, it doesn't feel like there's a place I'm trying to go now where it felt like that for many years.
1: Right. I'll give you an example. I spoke to a lady who has For She's in her 70s, and for years and years, she's gone to every Est and Fountain Spring or whatever it was, right? All of the holy men and holy shysters and so on. And she has written notes, voluminous notes on everything that she attended, okay? Mm -hmm. And she is very, very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff and lives a disastrous life. Mm, yeah. so she, she lives all of that in her mind instead of living it in her being, right? right? And so her mind becomes the distraction because having all that knowledge and repeating that knowledge in her mind prevents her from actually experiencing and living it. So it's yes. like, it's a, it's a block to the experience of knowledge that she has created. And that's not uncommon, you know. Yes, yes. Especially, the, it satisfies the ego. Look how much I know, I, I'm such a spiritual person. I am right. not, I can recite to you what the Dalai Lama said in his UN address, you know, this kind of thing. Right. right. I have all the notes to it. Right. <laughs> she, you know? But that doesn't liberate you.
0: Right. And it doesn't, I mean, if, you know, if anybody listening, I mean, I've been guilty of that myself, so I'm not, um, I've done that myself, but I've also done that and realized I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be my experience. And that's what we're, you know, with our conversation today, where hopefully the listeners are, can, uh, you know, are tuning into that for their own lives of maybe if they've done that, that, um, and, you know, making the decision, I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, there's, there's ways there's ways and that's what we're talking about today
1: yes and you know i come up with ways for people to uh, break the chains of their attachment to negative behaviors so here's what i gave her for one month all the classes and all the spiritual things you attend no notes and not even recordings that you can listen to again Mm -hmm. You have only one opportunity, which is when you're with a teacher and you hear the teacher and experience the teachings. Right. Then to Not notes, nothing else. And it was, oh, my God, she didn't want that one at all. That was the worst thing ever.
0: I'm sure, yeah. It caused panic and fear I mean, and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's how she can break break that attachment.
0: Yeah. And did she come back to you after that and, and share her experience? or?
1: Well, one week later, she came back and told me about how difficult the experience was. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can keep on making it difficult or you can make it easy. Right.
0: Right. And what we talked about at the beginning, the attachment to the suffering. Right. And it's like the mind wants to keep us busy doing these things, the ego, whatever, whatever it is. Um, But, you know. I think also, deep down, we know we're just running in a circle, you you know, with these kinds of things.
1: And I think regarding ego, it's very important to remember, there is no such organ in us called ego. Right. There is no such person in us called ego. Ego is nothing but a figment of our imagination informed by false knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm for everything the ego the, the ego is the ego identity is based on i am an isolated object who is flawed and weak but therefore i have to make myself appear perfect and strong so yes. it's always showing an appear an appearance
0: and it seems like a lot of spiritual teachers or teachers in general direct people to fight that ego, that ego, I'm putting air quotes for those not, um, watching the video. It seems like that's a common response to tell, you know, to have people fight ego. And that never, I never understood that. And it, because I always, you know, even when I was just learning or starting out on this path, um, I knew, I knew inside me, I didn't want to have to berate or belittle parts of myself to get to another
1: Very good. So you, you can uh, trust your instincts very much because that is an instinctual knowledge on your part that to belittle some aspect of, of the whole is saying that it's, that it's flawed. Right. Flawed. Our relationship to it may be, you know. Um, but many, uh, highly evolved, very, very important spiritual teachers still tell you that you have to eradicate the ego you have to burn out the ego you have to kill the ego and so on. and i've always said no no but learn to understand this ego is a false conception regarding yourself only we made it that way because in the when you take the word ego of uh, or go back to the greek roots it's just the i am consciousness, the awareness that I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pure ego is that. Well, that's fine with me. I right. want to be conscious that I am. Right. But the, what we call ego is, I am such and such. The right. mother calls we put in. I'm right. a, or a woman, I'm rich or poor, I'm angry or happy, I'm this or that. No, I am I am is the pure and the right statement, and then we had to go and mess it all up. <laughs> you know?
0: And we're trying to unmess it on these conversations. That's what we're you it's know. It's not
1: the fault of the ego. Right. It's the fault of I am. So like love that part of you that I am. I can recognize that I am. I just don't have to clutter it up with all kinds of idiocies, you know. I am is good enough. It's everything. <laughs> you right. know? Recognize right. what I am and then live that experience, which is called consciousness, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then go through life in consciousness.
0: Right. And that, that, and even, you know, internally feeling that if you're fighting the, if you're fighting off some, it doesn't even, it could be any part of you, right? It could be some part that you think is not, right or needs to be quote fixed but that internal feeling that comes with that of trying to shame ourselves or um you know talk in a way you know a, a terrible way to ourselves i mean we know that we know that in, internally that that's not getting us anywhere
1: yeah. well and the, the great and important step that you made for yourself sloan is to say that's not me in other yeah. words You did not make that your identity, you didn't identify, that was just a way of thinking or feeling or reacting that you now in your rational recognition, don't agree with, right? I don't have to eradicate me in order to change that. All I have to do is change that way of thinking or feeling or acting.
0: Yes. 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 And that was very powerful when that came to me. That's not me. I, I, I was looking in the mirror and I actually saw myself like, like kind of go back a little bit, like, Whoa, that's true. Like, like it had never occurred to me before until that moment. Right. But that that's not me was so powerful and so um, freeing. So, so freeing.
1: So that's not me. That thought applies to any of your impulses and thoughts, even the good ones. Even the good, wonderful feelings and thoughts, they're not you. They're just and thoughts. Now, they may be be representative of the being that you are, and therefore they will feel good and have you function well, or they may be in opposition to what is the truth of you, and therefore they will cause suffering, that's for sure. But they're not imposed; they are created by you.
0: Right. Thoughts
1: and feelings are created by you.
0: Right. If and we talked
1: seem to be coming out of the air. Well, there isn't that much air in your brain or in your neurological system. You know.
0: <laughs> right. When we talked talked about that last month too about how you know the the thoughts come and go and. um quickly, you know, sometimes slowly, whatever it is. But the thoughts, uh, the movement of the thoughts also helped remind me that I am not the thoughts because I remain constant whether the thoughts change or not.
1: I am not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm neither the waking nor sleeping self. I'm that which wakes up. Which wakes up. From dreams and sees that I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, part of that is from Swami Shivananda, a great sage of the previous century. Mm-hmm. I'm not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm either waking, dreaming, or walking self. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've heard that before. That was uh, that. I think that we're unfortunately coming up on time. So I think that's a good place for us to stop today. Um, Our conversations always go so fast. I (laughs) I know, I know. I feel like that every time. Um, Before we wrap up today, is there any other final thoughts you have on maybe experiencing to know or letting go of uh, false identity or even what we talked about with the the isolation or feeling alone?
1: A very important thought that just arises now is trust. Mm-hmm. When you experience your impulses and thoughts and so on, there is a part in you that knows whether that's true to yourself, right. and a part that knows that that, that is uh, false. You need to trust in your inner knower. But how do you establish that trust? By responding to it. You see, if you then wipe it out, and and act as if you didn't know then you're creating a very ambiguous relationship with the ability your ability to know and to know i mean not believe not to follow what is said by the society at large or right. even by the one person but what you internally know to be true right yeah. Who is gonna Who's gonna be decide what's true and not? You have to decide, but you have to therefore establish the trust that you are capable of deciding what is true and what is false.
0: Right. Yes. You do that by living it. Right.
1: Reading the responses in your own body and mind and feelings in your own life. You know. Yes. Respect yourself enough to trust yourself, and trust yourself by and acting what you know to be true.
0: Yes, I love it. Words of wisdom from Dr. Erhard Vogel. Uh, Erhard is the author of A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, An Ancient Story for the Modern World. Erhard, again, I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation. Um, I know the listeners will love it as
1: well. You know what occurred to me? I think the listeners might benefit by Googling Erhard, Erhard Vogel. And reading there, there's all kinds of information about the history, how this all got started and so on. And there are guided meditations there Mm -hmm. and and talks, lectures begin for beginners and things like that. I think could be very beneficial to you.
0: Yeah. So that's a great reminder for everyone listening in myself to Google Dr. Vogel and really like we talked about, there's, there's so much I know you offer through your website and through your teachings and stuff. And um, I think it's a great reminder for everyone listening. So thank you again for joining us this week.
1: Well, thank you, Sloan. It's been a pleasure as usual.
0: <laughs> You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting <laughs> platform. I'm Sloane Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, SloaneFremont.com to learn more.